there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. We've looked at the characteristics of the presence of God. We've looked at the capacity of God's presence. And I want to finish this series. I'll finish this coming Sunday. It's a Christmas day, but I'll still preach about the presence of God. I want to finish by looking at the catalyst of God's presence. We've looked at the characteristics, we have looked at the capacity, and now we are looking at the catalyst of God's presence. The catalyst of God's presence. A catalyst is a thing that precipitates an event. A catalyst is a thing that, or a substance that accelerates an event. For those who went to school, and you went to the lab for an experiment, maybe it was a science experiment or a chemistry experiment. Sometimes when you are mixing two substances, for you to be able to accelerate the reaction or the chemical reaction of these two substances, you needed a catalyst. And the catalyst was placed in the test tube where these two substances were to speed up their reaction. And it was a very exciting thing. Me, I used to love going to the lab. I never enjoyed chemistry in class. I enjoyed chemistry in the lab. Because I used to love the way those things were reacting. And, and, and sometimes we were a bit of ambitious. You know, reacting what we are not supposed to react. And I know some of you almost burned the school down. Not even just the lab, the entire school. Because of your adventurous ways. So a catalyst will always accelerate uh, an event. It will accelerate something to be able to happen quickly. Now, there are different dimensions of God's presence that I want to mention as I go deeper in this. Number one is the omnipresent dimension. The omnipresent dimension simply means that God is present everywhere at all times, regardless of whether his presence is experienced or not. Even if he is not recognized, or he is not felt, or he is not acknowledged, it does not change the fact that God is everywhere. Tell your neighbor for me, God is here. So God is capable of being, capable of being everywhere at the same time, because he is infinite, he is eternal, and he is not limited to time or space. Being everywhere at the same time means that nothing escapes his eyes. He sees everybody at all times. He sees everything that is taking place on the face of the earth at all times. He hears the prayers that are rendered to him simultaneously from believers, all the believers all over the earth. He fights for his people all over the earth 
at the same time, simply because God is everywhere. Now, this dimension of God's presence establishes his sovereignty, supremacy, and supernatural nature. He fills all in all. There is no place you can go where the presence of God is not. He is everywhere. He is in your house. He is in your car. He is in your bedroom. He is in your office. He is by the road. He is here. He is in the children's church. I mean, this dimension of God's presence is everywhere. David says in Psalms 139 and verse 7 to 12, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely, the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. So you can see that it doesn't matter where you are. Even if you're in the deepest hole here on the face of the earth, it's so dark and there is no light, God can see you in that particular place. Even when you draw the curtains and close the windows and shut the door, and switch off the lights. God still sees you. So tell your neighbor you can never run away from God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then number two is the indwelling presence of God. The indwelling presence of God. God's indwelling presence in man is a mystery. When considering the fact that heaven is his throne. And the earth is his footstool. Yet, this same God dwells in us. It is simply a great mystery. A mighty and immortal God will dwell in a frail and mortal man given to many imperfections is a mystery. It's not something that you can really understand with your limited mind. That if he takes his foot and he puts it on the earth, he will cover the entire earth because he's a mighty God. Yet, God is still able to dwell in us. His presence is able to dwell in us. He is a great God. He is an awesome God. He is a powerful God. Yet, God can humble himself and come and dwell within us at this level of his presence so that we may carry him everywhere we go. So God's indwelling presence resides within each and every one of us through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16 Look at what the Bible says here. 1 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 3 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Do you not know that you are the temple of God 
and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Tell your neighbor, the Spirit of God dwells in you. So you can see that this dimension of God's presence also dwells within us. Now, through the indwelling presence of God, which is occasioned by the Holy Spirit, the following will take place in our lives. Number one, through the indwelling presence of God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, God imparts in us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Through the indwelling of the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit, God imparts in us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is to shape our character to conform to God's character. The fruit of the Spirit is to help us to look like God, is to help us develop godly virtues within us. And we see these virtues in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 to verse 23. Where the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these qualities are what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And the first one is love. The foundation of the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's why God wants each of us to walk in love. Amen. Not lust, love. And many people confuse between lust and love. Love is pure. Love is godly. Love is the nature and the character of God. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love does not bear a, a record of wrongs. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is pure. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, hey, I love you. Some of you didn't say it. Because it's very difficult for you to use the word love. Especially in the African setting. Isn't it true? Because when somebody tells you, I love you, you think about something else. That's why you ask them, which love? That's why you have to add with the love of Christ. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, I love you with the love of Christ. Have you noticed now, this time, everybody said it. But love, the basis of love is God. The foundation of love is God. And if you truly love somebody, you cannot hurt them. If you truly love somebody, you cannot take advantage of them. If you truly love somebody, you cannot sleep with them if they are not married to you. <laughs> Today you don't want me to preach. You came expecting a Christmas message. <laughs> Can I go forensic? If you love someone, you cannot steal from them. Because love is pure. Love is holy. Love is the nature of God inside of us. Amen. The Bible says, for God so loved 
the world. You can see passion in that verse. You can see intensity of God's love. When you truly love somebody, there is no way you can hurt that person. And you can see that that is the one quality that we see here, that we need to love one another. The second one is joy. This is what the presence of God through the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us produces. It produces joy. What is joy? Joy is jubilant love. Because the foundation of the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy is jubilant love. That means you have the joy of the Lord. That's what I was preaching last Sunday. No matter the circumstances. You see, our God is constant. The Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's constant. His joy is constant. His strength is constant. And God also wants us to be constant, regardless of what we face in our lives. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to be joyful even when you lose your job. Wow, but it's not easy. God wants you to be joyful even when things don't go your way. God wants you to be joyful even if you lose your loved one. God wants you to be joyful even when you are sacked. He wants you to be joyful. You know, it's very difficult to say amen to such points. But that's the character of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? God does not want you to give up on him. Because no matter what happens in your life, he has not given up on you. He's still committed to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you can see many Christians, because they don't have this quality inside of them, when something happens, they are not joyful, they are mad with God, they are angry at God, they are offended with God, they decide I will not come to church, they will decide I will not pray, and that is not the character of God inside of us. Let me ask you a question. If God was to be mad and he says, I'm withdrawing my oxygen from the earth, what will happen to all of us? We'll all die. So he, he wants us to be like him. That no matter what happens, we are still joyful. Amen. Ask your neighbor, are you joyful? I know you don't have a Christmas dress, but you need to still be joyful. I know you don't have money to travel to Paris or South Africa or Cape Town for, Chris, Cape Town for Christmas. But let me tell you, you can still eat your andomas. Yes, you can still eat your plantain and still be joyful in your house. Can I get a louder amen in this house? Yes, because it's the character of God. And it's what the presence of God in us, the indwelling presence of God in us produces. Another quality is peace. What is peace? It's the serenity of love. That no matter how turbulent your relationship is, turbulent your environment is, you still have serenity in your heart. You are, you are, you are stable in your mind. You, you're not going crazy. You, you don't allow yourself to suffer a nervous breakdown. There is so much peace in your mind. And this is supernatural. It's the presence of God that triggers all these qualities in us. That you're going through hell but you have peace. The, 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 the picture that I can describe this with is the picture of Jesus where he is in the boat with his disciples and the storm came. The disciples were worried, but Jesus was asleep. That's, that's the picture of this fruit called peace. That you can be surrounded with danger. Your life is threatened by what is happening around you. But the peace of God keeps you calm. Hallelujah. The peace of God assures you that tomorrow it will be better. 
that this storm will pass. It will not last. And even as the storm comes, that Jesus is still with you. And your boat will not capsize. If you're here, your trouble, receive the peace of God. May the peace of God that surpasseth all human understanding cover and protect and guard your mind and your heart in the name of Jesus. Are you receiving the peace of God? Receive the peace of God in Jesus' name. The next one is long-suffering. Long-suffering is the elasticity of love. It's like a rubber band. It's not easily, you know, it's not easy to break it. It's the elasticity of, of love. That, that, that you can go through life. You can go through challenges. You can go through difficulties. But you, your faith is still intact. You can face trials and you can feel like this is too much. But you don't, it's, it's, it's like this quality does not allow you to reach a breaking point. Hallelujah. Look, let me tell you something. You don't have to get to a breaking point. Because there are people who say, you know, I'm human. Yes, you are human, but you need to have the character of God inside of you. Oh, yes. You need to have the character of God inside of you. You don't have to get to a breaking point where you lose your mind, where you lose your salvation, where you lose even your job. You lose your marriage. You don't have to get to that breaking point. You need long-suffering. That no matter what happens... You are like Job. You say, even if he slays me, I will yet praise him. I mean, Job went through hell. It was so tough, isn't it? Lost his children, lost his health, lost his property, lost his servants, lost even his friends. At some point, his wife suggested that he may cast God and die. And he was almost getting to a breaking point, but he didn't reach there. My goodness. It's like, it's like, it's like long-suffering developed some spiritual shock absorbers inside him that he was unbreakable. I prophesy you will not be breakable in Jesus' name. One time I preached a message not easily, you, you, not built to break. So you will not break in Jesus' name. No matter what Satan throws at you, you will not break in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I am unbreakable. Hallelujah. I mean, things can be tough, things can be difficult, friends are betraying you, but you decide, look, I will not give up. I will suffer for long and still hold on to my faith. I will suffer for long and still hold on to my integrity. I will suffer for long and still hold on to prayer. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear louder? Amen. So tell your neighbor, don't give up. Don't let go. Don't throw in the towel. Even if it's so hot, so dry, so barren, so difficult, don't allow yourself to get to the breaking point. Exercise long-suffering, which is the elasticity of love. The next one is kindness. Kindness is the warmth of love. These are qualities that the presence of God develops inside of us. The warmth of love. You are a warm person. You are a kind person. Hallelujah. There are people naturally, you are not kind. Yeah, just naturally, you are not kind. Your face is scary. The contours on your forehead are scary. Naturally, you, 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 it's like the, the, the aura around you is not inviting. 
Yeah. Naturally, you're just this person. It's like you're, you're ready for war. All the time you're ready for war. You know, if somebody smiles at you, you, you can't smile back. Somebody's trying to get your attention. You're not interested. There are people who are naturally like that. They don't want to talk to anyone. They don't want to be associated with anyone. They don't want to show warmth to anyone. I hope you're not seated next to one of them. Is your neighbor warm? Every just stand and smile to your neighbor and see if you can get it back. Oh, Lord. Some of you are not even turning to your neighbors. Is it that bad? For the few years I have lived here, I have realized warmth will always open doors for you. Warmth. Just go to a place and become warm. It will just open doors for you. You understand what I'm talking about? You know, one time I was taking my, 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 my mom for some tests. And I go to this place. And there was a very long line. And so when my turn came, I spoke to the person who was, you know, getting the peppers, going through the peppers, all the procedures and what have you. And I just decided to be warm to that person. I said, wow. So you, 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 you work here. <laughs> he said, yes, I work here. I said, hey, by the time you, know, you get home, you must be very tired. He said, yeah, 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 we are very tired. We work here and nobody even appreciates what we do. I told him, ah, today me, I'll appreciate what you do. Especially if you do it very well. He said, really? I said, oh yeah, let me see what you can do. He said, now, I will make sure you are number one. <laughs> Warmth works. Do you understand what I'm saying? Warmth will always work. But you are going somewhere. Eh? You are throwing your weight around. Do these people know who I am? You're throwing your weight around. You're speaking to people anyhow. I mean, you're not showing any kindness. Let me tell you, they will make your life difficult. No wonder your life is very difficult. Be warm. And be nice. Be warm always. Everywhere you go, be warm. Hallelujah. Yesterday, when we were, we were going home, I had three events yesterday. Um, in the morning, I was meeting the reverends and the pastors. We had a great time in the morning. From there, I went for another uh, event. I was speaking in a graduation, and then I came back to meet the worship team here in the evening to practice together. So when we were going home, I told Pastor Mary, hey, I think I should use expressway because I want to get to my house very fast. So when we turned to go to the expressway, we realized that we had not loaded um, our ETC card. So I just pulled over and parked, and then we started loading. Then one of the attendants there came, you know, to speak to us. And, I, and she asked us, you know, do you have any problem? I said, no, 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 we don't have any problem. We are trying to load our ETC so that we can be able to use um, the expressway. Then she said, okay, as soon as you load, you, you have to stay and wait for about two or three minutes. Uh, before you proceed with your journey. I said, oh, then for the three minutes, I think I can talk to you. So, what's your name? So, what, what do you do? So, you, you, you've come for the night shift or day shift? She said, no, 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 I've come for the night shift and uh, I will leave in the morning. 
I said, wow, you must be very tired. She said, no, we just do this work because we have to work. Then I asked her, by the way, this loan, have we paid? When are we finishing this loan? She said, as we don't know, as we are just workers, you know, working. And then she said, wait a minute, this voice is familiar. Then she said, are you Pastor Daswit? <laughs> what if I was nasty? What if I was, just think with me, what if I was nasty? So you, I, I, I came to realize I was her pastor at some point. Yes, because when I was talking to her, then she started recognizing the voice. And she came close and said, hey, are you Pastor Daswin? I said, oh yes, I am the one. I almost said, can we use the expressway for free? <laughs> and tell them, be warm. It will take you places. Yeah, be warm. You know, even when I say talk to your neighbor, some of you are not even, you're not even interested. Please, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, be warm. It will take you places. Be kind. Yes, it's, it's a quality of God. Kindness is the fruit of the spirit that God wants us to develop because of his presence within us. Can I hear an amen? amen? Hallelujah. Can I hear louder? Amen. amen. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. Because, of that point, because of that point, I will eat your food today. <laughs> you didn't finish the statement. The next one is, in, is goodness. It's another fruit of the spirit. I'm still building on my message. It's, it's, it's goodness. Goodness is the integrity of love. It's the integrity of love. That's what I told you that love is pure. Love is holy. Love is righteous. Goodness is the integrity of life. Faithfulness is the fidelity of love. All right? So the quality of God requires that you become faithful. You become faithful to him. Become faithful to your human relationships. Become faithful as a father. Become faithful as a mother. Become faithful as a husband. Become faithful as a wife. Become faithful as a pastor. Become faithful as a Christian. It's the quality of God. Then we have gentleness, which is the meekness of love. It's humility. You are humble. Amen? The Bible says, humble yourself in the, under the mighty hand of God. And he will do what? He will lift you up. Humility is important. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, are you humble? Are you really, really humble? As in for real, are you really, really, really humble? Because a lot of people are proud. Very proud. They say that everybody has a degree of pride. And I've realized some of the proudest people I have ever met are very poor. They have nothing. Yet they are very proud. Ask your neighbor, what do you have? Because you have even refused to talk to me in this service. What, what, what do you have? Many poor people are very proud. You can't tell them anything. 
you can't instruct them. You can't even give them counsel on how to come out of poverty. They are poor and they think they know. And they have even diagonalized why they are poor. And so they don't want you to tell them anything because they think they know so much. One of the humblest people I've ever met are people who are rich. In fact, sometimes you will not even know they are rich. Isn't it? I am very sure Mark Zuckerberg can come to this service and attend this service and most of you will not even know. Yeah, you will not even know. I was talking to another friend of mine who got a job with Facebook. And so the first time he was so excited, he wanted to meet Mark. So they called all these new guys who had come to work for Facebook to come for a meeting. And so he entered into that room, you know, waiting for Mark. So he said to another, he sat to another gentleman there who was just wearing a very simple t-shirt, no branded, nothing, with a very simple jeans. And he was telling him, you know, I'm so excited. I've joined Facebook. Pastor was saying, hmm, wow. So is this your first day? He said, yeah, yeah, it's my first day. I'm so excited. You know, I've been just seeing Mark from very far. I'm so excited that today I'm going to meet him. He didn't realize the person he's talking to is Mark, the founder of Facebook. Very simple, very humble people. You might not even know. But people who are poor, some of them, oh, very proud, very, very proud. So ask your neighbor one more time. Are you humble? Are you very humble? Are you really like a humble guy? Hmm. Then the last one is self-control. Somebody say self-control. What is self-control? Is the discipline of love. King James uses the word temperance. It's the discipline of love. The highest form of discipline is self-discipline. So the spirit of God who represents the presence of God dwelling in us enables us to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Secondly, through his indwelling presence, God imparts in us spiritual gifts. He imparts in us spiritual gifts. Remember, I'm still talking about the indwelling presence of God. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are to empower us for the work of the ministry. It is the Holy Spirit in the life of a man that gives and even operates these gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4 to 7, the Bible says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Next verse, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Next verse, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit. Someone say profit. For the profit of all. So you can see that when the indwelling presence of God is in us, through the Holy Spirit, he activates spiritual gifts. Diverse gifts begin, you know, to manifest through us. You need to know that doing ministry without the empowerment 
or divine empowerment from above is very difficult. When you get saved, you're not just get, getting saved to go to heaven. You're getting saved so that you can do something for God. Amen. You can work out your salvation with fear and trembling as you look forward to getting to heaven. And so, when the Spirit of God comes upon us or in us or dwells in us, is to empower us so that we can be able to do the work of the ministry. That's where you find you can be able to preach, you can be able to pray for the sick and they get healed, you can be able to interpret tongues, you can be able to speak in tongues, you can be able to do things which, if you are left to your natural acumen, they become impossible. So it's the Spirit of God that activates these gifts inside of us for us to be able to do the work of the ministry. Praise the Lord. Some of us, we are standing here because of spiritual gifts. If spiritual gifts are taken away, we are very shy. We can't even stand before people. I used to be a very shy person. I don't even know what I'm doing here. But it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit activated inside of me. Can I hear an amen? So, so the presence of God activates, number one, the fruit of the Spirit, which is the character of God. And number two, the gifts of the Spirit, which empower us for the work of service. Welcome. Number three. Number one was God is omnipresent. His presence is everywhere. Number two is the indwelling presence of God, which produce the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Number three is the tangible manifest presence of God. In this kind of manifestation, we see God's presence manifesting through natural phenomena like a theophany. What is a theophany? It's the appearance of God through human form. God appears to people like a human being, but he's not actually a human being. It is God. The presence of God appears to you, but it appears to you like a human being. Or it can appear through natural elements, like wind, like thunder. You know, West Africans say thunder. Like thunder. Shout amen like thunder. <laughs> like thunder, lightning, rainbow, and cloud cover. Sometimes it appears like an audible voice or through dreams and even visions. So the tangible presence of God appeared like a burning bush, for example, to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And God told him, remove your sandals because where you are standing is holy ground. When he saw the bush burning, he drew closer. But the bush was not being consumed. And so God's presence appeared to Moses like a fire that was not consuming the bush. And when he moved closer because he was curious to know what is happening here, God spoke to him from the midst of that fire, telling him, remove your shoes because where you're standing is a holy ground. God appeared to Jacob in a dream at Bethel in Genesis chapter 28. And when Jacob woke up, he said, surely the presence of God was in this place, and I did not know it. He saw in the dream angels ascending and descending. No wonder he even erected an altar in that particular place. God appeared to Abraham as three men 
in Genesis chapter 18. And Abraham knew that these are not just ordinary human beings. This is God who has appeared to me. No wonder he ran quickly to fix a meal for them. And after they were full, they were able to release a blessing over Abraham. Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there was a sound. Somebody shout a sound. Is that a shout? Shout again a sound. And the sound was from heaven. Look at that. Very powerful. The sound was from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it was a sound, a mighty rushing wind, a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. And then it appeared like fire. So God is using these natural elements to tell the people who are in this upper room that my tangible presence is in your midst. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus, when he took Peter, James, and John on the mountain to pray, he was transfigured. His clothes changed. His face changed. To be transfigured simply means to give a new and exalted appearance. Verse 2, the Bible says, and his face did shine as the sun. Have you tried to look into the sun? Is it possible? Huh? Talk to me. Is it possible? Yeah, because the light is so bright. It can actually destroy your eyes, isn't it? The Bible says his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as the light. That's how bright that light was. And that light signified that the presence of God was in that particular place. No wonder Peter, when he felt that presence, said, oh, we don't need to leave this place. I think we need to live here. Let's build three tents and just stay here because he experienced a dimension of God's presence that was very, very unique. It was different from the general one. It was different from just the indwelling presence of God. This one was a special dimension of God's presence. So the tangible, tangible manifest presence of God is very special. It is the glory realm. It is the manifestation of his possibility here on earth. This dimension of God's presence is liberating. It is life-changing. And it is for a specific assignment. It is what we experience both on a personal level or corporate level when we have gathered together and it unlocks the power behind the proclaimed word leading to mind-blowing testimonies. May we experience that presence. That we may have mind-blowing testimonies in the name of Jesus. When this presence comes, what happens is it heralds the commissioning of a man for a special task. The way it happened to Jesus. The voice came from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased in. When this dimension of God's presence shows up, it breaks chains and delivers those who are in bondage. When this dimension of God's presence shows up, it brings healing, supernatural healing to even incurable diseases. Cancers are healed. Diabetes is healed. Talk to me, somebody. High blood pressure is regularized. In this dimension of God's presence, tumors begin to fall off. Cripples begin to walk. 
Blind eyes are opened. The lepers are cleansed. When this dimension of God's presence shows up. I prophesy this morning, you will not live here without a touch of God. May this presence revolutionize your life in the name of Jesus. May diseases be healed. May cancer be healed. May high blood pressure be regularized. May leukemia be healed in the name of Jesus. May chains be broken. May shackles be destroyed. May the miraculous take place in your life. If you believe it, clap your hands and give God some praise in this house. Sit down. Hardly has anyone experienced God's manifest presence and remained the same. And this is the thing about this dimension of God's presence is that this dimension of God's presence is often temporal in nature, but it leaves permanent glorious testimonies in our lives. It shows up within a very short time. Comes within a very short time. Because at some point, the light that was shining through Jesus' face stopped shining. And they had to descend the mountain. But something spectacular had taken place. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it is temporal, but it leaves permanent testimonies. May God leave permanent testimonies in your life through his manifest tangible presence. May God do something permanent in your life through his tangible presence. Can I get a louder amen in this house? Until you sing the song, it shall be permanent. It shall be permanent. What the Lord has done for me, it shall be. Sing, it shall be. Yes, it shall be. What the Lord has done for me, it shall be. Sing to your neighbor, it shall be. You're trying to be warm to your neighbor. What the Lord has done for you, it shall be. Sing again. It shall be. Yeah, it shall be. What the Lord has done for you, it shall be. Another one. It shall be. Sing to another one. It shall be. What the Lord has done for you. Sing again. It shall be. It shall be. What the Lord has done for you. Get the one that is not very warm around you. It's like they are not moved by anything. It shall be. It shall be. Oh, it shall be permanent. What the Lord has done for you. It shall be. It shall be permanent. It shall be permanent. What the Lord has done for us. What the Lord has done for us. It shall be. It shall be. It shall be. It will never change. It will never be reversed. It shall be. Sing again. It shall be. Yeah, it shall be what the Lord has done for me. Yeah, it shall be. 
it shall be permanent, it shall be, it shall be what the Lord has done for me. It shall be, it shall be permanent, it shall be permanent, what the Lord has done for me. Oh, it shall be permanent. One more time, it shall be. It shall be permanent. Your healing will be permanent. Your breakthrough will be permanent. Your lifting will be permanent. Your promotion will be permanent. Your marriage will be permanent. What God is doing in your life will be permanent. Shout! Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.